0: Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This is a safe space where mamas can talk openly about their highs and lows of motherhood and to look deeper into who they are as women and their journey into motherhood. We may agree and disagree or cry and laugh, but one thing for sure is we will learn from one another and have a great time. So sit back and enjoy. to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. I'm on with Benita Condi. Um, Hi Benita, how are you?
1: I'm well, thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Great to have you. Um, So uh, as we were just talking about, um, you came, well, you and I met through um, a a third party. Mm -hmm. And um, before we go into that, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and your motherhood journey?
1: Sure. Yeah, so um, my motherhood journey definitely touches on key points that sort of lead to a bit more about who I am um, and how I'm of service in the world right now. So I think it will all um, weave together. Um, I always knew I wanted to be a mother. I know that's not true for everyone. Um, From like really little, loved being around babies and babysitting at a very young age and all of that. And so it was definitely something I had a vision for and an excitement about always. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved to New York city in my teen, late teens to dance professionally. I was a classical ballet dancer and, um, that was my first love, my first addiction, my first <laughs> hyper-focused, you know, um, mm-hmm. aspect of my life. Sure. And I did that for, uh, until I was 22 uh, in New York city mm-hmm. and, and that raises questions about parenthood and being a mother and, and all of those things. I didn't know how I would maybe do those things together. Um, but I was still fairly young when I quit. I moved into the fitness industry. I shifted sort of like, wow, I've already had one career in my life. Now I'm going to have a second. And then it's interesting
0: of being so young of having and calling it a career, but it was you were, you were dedicated yeah, to it.
1: Mm -hmm. I trained, yeah, from the time I was eight years old until I was um, probably about 17 Mm -hmm. is, you know, it was like my real training time and then I started dancing professionally with various different companies and Mm -hmm. a Broadway show tour and things like that. But as I like wound my way out of that career through the fitness industry and then I found I loved managing people and working with people, Mm -hmm. I became a general manager of health clubs. I had been a, a dance captain of that Broadway show tour for half the tour. I just came to find, I loved working with people, creating with people and the management piece. I started managing creative businesses, small creative businesses cause during like kind of the dot-com boom of the late nineties, early two thousands. And then that helped me find my way into the advertising industry. And during this time, I, f- I met my husband. We dated for many years before we got married. I could see myself having children with him for sure, but we were together 10 years before we got married. Mm. Yeah. And during that time, after I quit dancing, I turned to alcohol and drugs as something I felt was available to me. I think it was certainly helped in the transition of leaving a lifelong dream and career behind um, Mm -hmm. and the processing of that. And I thought, Mm -hmm. well, I've had this first career. I'm out on my own now. I'm working in another industry. It's much freer. I can experiment with things like this. And it ended up leading to you know, alcoholism and drug addiction. So I've been sober for 13 years now wow. and I thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad. I'm so grateful. I've, oh. it's, it's set off an incredible journey, mm-hmm. which leads me to where I am today. And to be a sober mother, um, is sure. Such a gift. Now,
0: was it some, did you become sober before you had your son? Yes. Was it a yeah. conscious? Okay. So it was yeah. a conscious effort beforehand. Wow.
1: So that's part of the story, is that I've always had this really intense desire to be a mother, and then we got married, and it was in our our first year of marriage that I really realized I wanted to at least slow down the drinking and not use other substances, and I couldn't. I couldn't stop on my own, and I'd kind of known that that was probably the case for a while, but it hit me much more consciously in that year of like really wanting to to try, because I would want to try to have a child soon. Mm so that came together for me really powerfully so like the the visioning and the wanting to manifest and bring my son into the world was a real catalyst for my sobriety mm-hmm. And I just kept thinking like, I can't do this. I can't parent like this. Like that dream that I've had would not be fulfilled if I continue on. So that was definitely a big motivator. But
0: I, I think that, that, um, and I, I mean, I'm not a therapist. Um, however, I am a child of a substance abuser. My, my mm. father is a recovering alcoholic and him, okay. um, 90, 2007, so 13 years. Um, but I, I say that to say for you to even recognize that because I know how hard it is. Um, I I saw it again growing up. So for you to recognize that um, and that inkling of already putting your child first, I think is a beautiful thing and one that should be recognized, Mm -hmm. you know, that you recognize I can't give to my child if I'm in this state, if I'm in this altered state. So, but I I just wanted to mention, because I think that's, that's amazing that you even had that during that time, you know, of not being the selfish and
1: not saying that. And I think that's combination of other influences in my life. My parents didn't drink or use drugs, so mm-hmm. I did. I, I did have a different sure. personal experience with that. Though I had other people in my family who are definitely on the spectrum of sure. <laughs> active or recovering alcoholism on, and addiction on both sides. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was it was that it was grace higher power, God, whatever we want to call that coming in. So I certainly didn't do that on my own, but there was that intrinsic desire. I would say that was playing in the background and coming through in various parts of myself, whether it was my conscious thinking or my subconscious, Um, connected with that super conscious, like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: magical moment where you're like, whoa, something's changing. And I don't think I would have done this on my own. And that happened and I got sober. I went to rehab and learned a lot and started on this incredible, like awakening journey to the Mm -hmm. truth of myself Mm -hmm. and continued to be very, very involved and continue to this day to be very involved in sober communities and 12 step programs and things like that. And that just created an incredible foundation for living for me. And during this whole time, I was working in the advertising industry still and I felt I could continue to do that even though it is one that is quite connected to Mm -hmm. social activity, drinking, partying, all of that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. I really felt I could use the tools that I was now learning to keep myself sober Mm -hmm. and moving forward, even while being in that profession. And I did. And I did that for 10 years. And I had my son during that time. And so he's 10 now, almost 11. And I was I was though still applying some of the isms mm-hmm. <laughs> to work and and workaholism was was still playing itself out in my life and attaching my sense of identity and sense of self to my work environment and mm-hmm. external feedback and positive reinforcement sure. and or you know you know constructive criticism and criticism mm-hmm. like all of that would really affect my sense of self mm-hmm. and I came to a point after ten years of this in sobriety saying like. Why is work the thing that still like makes me anxious? Like nothing else really does in my life anymore. I've I have an understanding of myself. I've done a ton of healing. I've healed relationships. I've become more open, honest and willing in like all aspects of my life, but this work piece I'm like still hanging on to from a place of will. Mm-hmm. And it was affecting my relationship with my family for sure. You know, working really long hours, only seeing my son, maybe at bedtime and then taking him to school in the morning, like getting him ready for school and taking him. Like those were my times of the day with him five days a week. Like that never felt right, of course, but I also felt like this is what you do in the world. Like I'm also providing and my career was going quite well. There was like continued movement, continued learning. I found things that were fulfilling in it. But it didn't feel it felt so compartmentalized Mm. it felt pulled i felt pulled in so many directions and never doing anything that felt like i don't like using the percentage like a hundred percent because i don't think we do any we don't do things equally in percentage in Mm. terms of our focus and our passion but it just felt so imbalanced and so out of flow and stuck and it wasn't
0: and, right for you. Something in yours, but you were like, this isn't something isn't, um, you're fulfilled in some ways, but you're saying the other side of you, of whatever that is, was like, something's something, it's gotta be something better than this.
1: That's right. <laughs> it was very often that kind of language, right? Like really, this is it like, yeah. and I, at the, my final full-time job before I resigned and started my own company was f- incredibly, you know, um, like looked great on paper. Mm -hmm. Like, so technically on paper, fulfilling a very nice salary, working with really phenomenal people, a highly regarded and recognized advertising agency in New York City, like all the things, managing a large department of creative people, incredibly talented people, like on paper. Yeah. It's
0: checked off the whole- (laughs) One should say. I'm I'm doing great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's all good. And yet inside, I was like, oh no, it's not right and my son learns differently and he's so creative and so unique and very connected to us um when i had him so i got pregnant after i got laid off in during the 2008 2009 recession and i really feel like i got pregnant because i felt free like i got laid off and i think i got pregnant like two weeks later there was a sense of freedom even though it was scary you know to be like on unemployment and get pregnant I was able to walk through that journey of pregnancy fairly, you know, um, feeling taken care of, like from right. a spiritual universal perspective. Right. I got a couple jobs along the way, but then I got laid off again when he was one month old oh, wow. <laughs> from my next job from a very small company. So they didn't need to sure. be beholden to FMLA law. And so, and they took care of certain things and, and they did their best they could with that sure, situation. Sure. But I, so now I have a one month old and no full-time job and i don't have to go back in three months and i went to start a job search at that like three-month mark thinking that's what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. my whole system was like no this is not right not the time yeah. it was like spring as i was doing that you know i was like i'm taking the summer mm-hmm. and so i didn't really look for work and started to have conversations toward the end of the summer and so i went back to my next full-time job which i had for five years when he was like 11 months old
0: nice
1: like just turning a year, and it was so, it just felt so good. So, my son is really connected, and my husband kind of went through the same thing because of the recession. So, we were both home with him that first year, basically. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, happens only if you live generally in another country with huh. so, social safety net and systems in place yeah. to allow that. <laughs> that could be a whole
0: nother topic of the issue. Of that the could be podcast. a
1: whole nother podcast
0: <laughs> of the, of, <laughs> episode. Yeah unfortunate aspect of that of people having to leave their kid at six weeks. I couldn't even I imagine. Know. I could I, there's so little. But yeah, so you were yeah. able to and thankful for that. So you see the way I'm I am a big, big believer of universe and um higher power and God, but I feel it's all connected. Um what you put out, what you you know, all of that. So look yep. at that. The universe was telling and that, and me and I is, could see is.
1: it. It, not in certain moments as some of that was happening where it was like not my preference, obviously, or what my mind thought should happen, but then like somewhere along the way in that process going, Oh, this is actually a huge gift, because I wouldn't have taken this time on my own. My cog like my rational mind would have said, Oh no, no, this is what it means to be a responsible parent. You need to work, etc. But I did that. We got all this time with him. So my son is really connected to both of us. And so when I was working so much, like from him then being one to like seven. Yeah. he would you know you could sense he was like oh i'd love you here more and we would have our weekend days together which were we had Satur mom and aj saturdays and we just like spend the whole day together but it just yeah it felt really pulled and really compartmentalized yeah. and so when i had the opportunity to resign from my full-time job and my husband was on board and he saw that i was really feeling like contracted and pulled about the way that that was going And we had three months of savings and we had this discussion and he was like, yeah, if you want to leap, because I was like, I want to leap into the unknown and not have a plan. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go into another job search. I'm a recruiter. So that the last many years in the advertising industry, I spent in the recruiting space and in the talent management and talent development space for people Mm -hmm. who are considered the creative roles in advertising. So art direction, copywriting designers, Mm -hmm, those types mm -hmm. of folks. And I saw thousands of candidates over the years go through this whole process of, Need a change, leave a job, dive into a job search, and you just repeat the same patterns. Because mm-hmm. it's totally fear based rather than allowing yourself some time if you can, if you have the ability. Three months of savings for some people is a ton, and three months of savings for other people is like frightening, you know? So it just depends on where your beliefs and your experiences are with the construct of money, which it's just a construct, it's actually not real. And that could be a whole nother <laughs> that could be a whole nother podcast episode. Um yeah. And so I, I was playing with all of that. I had in my spiritual growth had been playing with that. Like why where does the fear and the lack of belief come from around those concepts? Nice. My husband was on board. I had hired coaches nice. who were very much helping me bolster these senses of truth and empowerment, being like a sovereign being yeah. rather than behold into all of these external circumstances that make you feel like you're okay or not, which mm-hmm. none of them ever do, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is why we keep chasing them and it right. never totally feel safe. Yeah. So I resigned and my son said, we, I was holding his hand because now I could pick him up from school and we could spend these afternoons together. So I would pick him up from school and one day he was holding my hand and we got off the train in New York City and we were walking to our house and he said, mom, I'm so glad you quit that job. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, oh, you're not, I know you're seeing and experiencing this difference, but oh, you can communicate that back to me really clearly.
0: Yeah, and the fact that, that, was that he huge. recognized that immediately. And I know we're gonna get into, you know, um, some of the things that you do with Create Radical Love. And um, I love how you do the meditation with the children. So I know we're gonna get into all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure part of that is, you know, in part of this topic of, we don't give children the credit that they deserve from, little babies how they take they're taking all of this in and absorbing all of this so the fact that he said that oh I know your heart must have been like
1: (sighs) yeah and and you're
0: you're
1: solidifying like okay this was the right decision well that's it it was so confirming like I'm getting the chills just talking about it with you like oh it was such a moment of like oh, right. I know all of these things affect you, how we operate as a family, my relationship to my work and to you, of course, but like to have you actually say the words back to me so clearly that like, this is better for you. It was obviously already better for me. So we were feeling that together, like amazing. And then, yeah, I spent some time, you know, meditating and like, just spending time doing things I really enjoyed, walking the city with amazing music on, meeting people I wanted to talk to and that were inspiring, yoga, meditation. I started dancing again. I hadn't been back in the studio for 20 years, and that was something that had really been like on my mind and my heart. Like I wanted to try it, but I had been afraid. It took that leap, like all these like leaps of faith Mm -hmm. that were coming back with this incredibly confirming response. In terms of like what you were saying like the magic of the universe like people were showing up and opportunities were showing up and i started to talk to people about how i felt love was missing from business Mm -hmm. love was missing from creative businesses specifically related to the advertising industry but you can blow that all the way out to because it's such a
0: rat race of go 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 i mean i'm I'm an accountant right so same kind of advertising finance go 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 month end you feel like you're constantly chasing so i i get it
1: i get it Well, and it all comes from many shifts, like both from a policy and government and Mm. um, corporate perspective, which I learned about along the way in my recruiting years. When corporate law started to change 40, I think it was like 40 years ago, where corporations were then individuals and there were more and more corporations becoming public companies. And they were then beholden to shareholders and no longer employees and consumers. And it wasn't about the product and the service anymore. It was about just making money. When that started to shift the way in which the actors in that, so any of us working in it, feel it and experience it is coming from a place of lack, belief, fear, and scarcity. Mm -hmm. And when you're working in a system and a structure that is founded on those, everybody's going to feel fear and lack belief and, and believe in scarcity. And I don't believe in scarcity. Now I live an abundant life where my needs are met every day. And I don't have those constant like whispers of like, but what, what, what about somebody else? And what are they doing? What, it's just not a part of my world or my vocabulary anymore, Mm -hmm. but it was for a very long time. And so once I could see that and see like, Oh, wait, 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 there can be a shift here for people. I was playing with that idea, talking to a lot of people about it. And out of a really deep meditation, this was like a couple of months after I left my job, create radical love. Because I've been playing with this phrase, radical love, like unconditional love is missing from people's interactions in the business world. Mm -hmm. What if I could help people? I'm finding it for myself. I'm now working with coaches and I'm seeing how it works. I've been basically an executive coach and recruiter and talent management and development person for the last that's like
0: side of it. But now 10, 15
1: years. Mm-hmm. Now I can bring in the spiritual piece and the sobriety piece. Not that that's necessary for everyone, but it's no, amazing but how like many people, people, people come, come to
0: me people are coming <laughs> home and they're having a drink or they need this and they need certain things. Food, and maybe sex, relationship, a substance. What about food? Whatever it is that they're being addicted to that might not just that's be right. What that could be, right?
1: All of yes, we're unless we're really self aware and looking at self and wanting to look and see and sit with those feelings, there's so much distraction and numbing available. And so, yeah, you know, my clients will come to me with certain aspects of that, and I have many years' experience in that space, and fitness, and health, and wellness from my dancing and fitness years. So, all of a sudden, it was like, whoa. I knew I didn't want to executive coach or recruit exclusively, but what if it could all be brought together? Sure. And then things like my son being involved. So I started working with clients. I registered the business. It all just kind of fell together quite quickly after I like that this vision came through. How much Which
0: is like, do you remember how much that time was like, was it yeah. months? year, like what was it where things, Sure. I'm sure, based on what you're saying, it happened very organically, but what was that time frame like?
1: Yeah, and it was definitely one step at a time, and building blocks of years of experience included in this, so when I say this sometimes, I feel like people are like, whoa, but I had the vision at the end of July, we went on vacation for three weeks, we came back the first week in September, I registered the business and opened the bank account in the same day, and I had my first paying clients two weeks later.
0: Wow. That's, I got the chills there too. That's amazing. <laughs> and I can still see the happiness exude because it's something that you enjoy doing. So that's awesome. Obviously the, the listeners can't see this is, you know, uh, uh, audio, but it's, it's so it's awesome. I love when I see people doing what they love and I can see the happiness just exude from you. That is what you enjoy.
1: It's so fulfilling. It just, once I realized that there were aspects of what I loved in the past and were fulfilling, like I mentioned, but I didn't realize that the parameters in which I was working in, like just talking with people about a particular open role Mm -hmm. or just talking about like a particular scenario or industry that was available. This was a blank canvas. This was, who are you? What lights you up? Let's help you craft a calling. A calling statement, not about a particular profession, but just who you are and the essence of who you are as you show up in the world across all your relationships, including, and most importantly, the relationship to yourself. Right. And then how do you want to be of service from there? Yeah. What professional expression or modality do you end up playing that out with? Because you're but, almost leading from your purpose. Well, you are then. Right. Then you're leading right. from your purpose. And it doesn't matter what the actual like activity of the day is. And you can be so much more discerning. And a lot of them, the beliefs and the constructs about life, right, around money, around relationship, around responsibility, around any system and structure, Um, family of origin beliefs about who you are that you're like playing back in your critical Mm -hmm. self tape Mm -hmm. recorder, whatever it might be that's creating limitation starts to then become much more filtered through this sense of calling and purpose. And then you don't don't have to make decisions anymore. This whole, the phrase, I have to figure it out. Whenever anybody says that to me, I'm like, oh, okay. We've gone right to the mind mm-hmm. and we're trying to figure it out from the mind rather than like, what do I love the most? What am I most excited about? What brings me the most joy? All of these kinds of questions.
0: Sure, sure. And I
1: think in conditioned society, it's being accepted more and more now. But for a very long time, that was like, oh yeah, that's nice. <laughs> but you really should just show up and do your job. And there was like a real acceptance of apathy. Yeah in culture, in the collective consciousness, they're like, oh, I'm not, I kind of need to ignore what I really love and just do like the safe thing. And that's created generations of pain. Yeah. And now what well, we're starting to undo that, and it's very exciting. And I work with people in a broad range. From students, I work with a university here. We live in Richmond, Virginia now. We moved, that was part of the process. We cleaned out our spaces physically. We moved to a much you know, less expensive market, but with a beautiful community and culture and experiences. We have family here, mm-hmm. cut our expenses in half, have quadrupled the space, I would think. Um, all the things my son now does school from home here we do virtual school from home so we can talk about that yeah. and could really follow his lead could follow up. my husband has his own business so we have our own businesses yeah. school from home and it none of it's perfect it all has yeah. it's like moments of re-questioning and evaluating but it all is aligned with that calling absolutely so that's Here's the what piece
0: you're calling like you said it's right for you your family it's what's working so go yep. back to saying about your son so how was your son during this whole time was he loving it was he giving input what was he yeah i involved with all of what you're because it seems to me that you're very big on which i'm also big on of inclusivity with our children Yes. i think is so important um because like you said we've been conditioned for a long time which is not I I think a knock to the generations before, but the generation, you know, of how we were raised, we're seen, not heard, you know, do as I say, it's just that very clear tunnel vision. And I, I'm a believer, especially nowadays, because there's so many influences that our children have access to, unfortunately. That's right. That's right. um, That we have to be more inclusive. So how, how was that? Yeah.
1: Uh, Oh, I'm with you on all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah registered the business, had my first clients, and then I was like, oh, I guess I need a website. And I say that because for people who are interested in potentially starting their own thing, or I wasn't even interested in starting my own thing, it just sort of happened and appeared and I kept following those breadcrumb trails. Yeah. And then the confirmation kept coming. Okay, I'm designing a website now. This is great. I'll have that for other people who are now coming my way. And as i was doing that my son could see something like on the screen visually that i was creating that was an expression of my services of myself Mm -hmm. the about page all the things and he was like wow we were in the bathroom like a few weeks later getting ready for school and he said mom i'm so proud of you for starting your own company (laughs) what (laughs) oh wow you're again you're really watching this you're seeing -hmm. And now it's been three years, and all along the way, he says, "Well, I see that I can create maybe my own company," or, Mm -hmm. or he's even said. I I can take over your company, mom, when you want to retire. That's awesome. You know? That's
0: awesome. So
1: he sees what it's like for both of us to have our own businesses. Sometimes the things that come up, obviously, that might create a little fear. Or You know, my husband and I will both talk about our businesses in the kitchen in the middle of the day or something, or in the living room. We'll be like, oh, what's going on with you? Point. Okay, well, what's going on with you? So he'll hear all of that. And then... The most like tangible example of us actually working together, myself and my son, is he came up with this idea for teaching meditation to parents and kids. Love it. Again, another walk, holding hands. I think at the end of the day from school, and he said, "Mom, why don't we teach me Because I was meditating so much more, and he and I were doing listening to med- guided meditation. I was going to say because you had, do it so he mm-hmm. uh, very much seeing it from my example, right? He'd like run down the stairs. We had. like a row house in Brooklyn. And so he'd run down to the basement and see me down there meditating. Right. So there's just these moments of like, it's in, it's around the house. And then we would listen to guided meditations at bedtime and breathe and just talk about breath. And he's like, why don't we teach meditation to parents and kids? And I was like, yes, that's a brilliant idea. I hadn't thought of it. You're amazing. And I said, well, what would we call it? And he's great at naming things. This is just like a creative thing. He has like a little portal, and he was like, hmm, we walked a few more paces and he was like, meditation for people big and small. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> that. And so I, I said, I'm going to put it on the website, buddy. We're going to make it real so you can see it. We're going to invite some friends over and we're going to hang out with parents and kids talking about meditation mm-hmm. and make it accessible and easy. And so we did that, I'd say for the six months that we were still in New York City before we moved. And then we came here to Richmond and we hadn't like found a groove with it here. But just recently we did our first session actually with a corporate client with their associates at home. Cause wow. they're home with their kids. Mm-hmm. So we did an hour long meditation for people big and small over zoom. So now he's getting the experience of leading something over zoom mm-hmm. with a group of people who are like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like, thank you. We just get to relax for an hour at home with our kids here or some adults did it on their own. But like, that's awesome. He's getting all that. of these experiences just from it being here, being mm-hmm. around us. He comes in all the time into my office and you know, wave and you know, give a little hello to whatever Zoom meeting I'm on, and so he's mm-hmm. seeing how it all works.
0: And it is, I think, it's something. I mean, he's he's ten, um, and obviously he's going to that transition. He's in elementary school, right? We'll be. Going he's to he's in fifth
1: grade. Yeah, okay. so that
0: transition's coming coming, and I, I know for me, middle school was like uh, the most formidable, you know, impressionable years, and yeah. I think they are right. I think statistically, that is. Um, So the fact that he's having some of these um, things to carry with him and that he can help other kids as well, just maybe even talking, I'm sure with his friends or whatever, is a beautiful thing. Um, I think they've even said um, meditation for children. Um, I, I mean, I don't know how real, you know, you go on Facebook or Instagram and you might see an article and where they were saying that some schools were taking away like detention and putting meditation and things like that. And I was like, oh, wow, that's like so amazing again of finding different ways because a lot of time it's because children are so like scattered and you know, we want them to be here where they're not even in their own thoughts and their own breath and enjoying all that. It's like, we have to wait to be adults to do this. And it's like, wait, I wish I would have known about this like
1: 20 something years ago. (laughs) Right, well, I say that all the time, like very, very um, fundamental, classes, quote, unquote, or themes to teach, I have found the, the most powerful ones that I have found as an adult where I have said, like, why didn't I learn this is I am not alone. Mm-hmm. Like I can ask for help. So those types of interactions and understanding, right? Not that like shifting away from the highly competitive, hyper individualistic, like highly independent themes to community, we're in this together you're not alone that piece and then yeah a sense of self breath meditation like being able to self-regulate and so yeah i mean he will he has we all have our days and our moments so there will be certain moments where it's harder to tap into that stuff and then there will be days and moments where there's like a a breath is taken on its own you know and you're like he has the
0: tools that's the key the tool it's there Correct. So I want to go into because um, I know here are some topics, uh, defining your calling, leaping over life hurdles, breaking free from limiting systems and structures like money. I know we spoke about that. Waking to the truth of self and living from that place, designing a radically loved life with your partner and children. Why don't you talk about that? Because then I want to go into approaching food, family and schooling from a radically loved place. Okay. Why don't you go into designing a radically loved life with your partner and children? What does that look like? Okay.
1: Yeah, it's been very interesting in the last year, so I'd say year, year and a half, I've actually used my coaching approach with a family. So mm-hmm. a husband and wife came to me and we did the coaching together. And then mm-hmm. they brought in their children who are a little bit older, like teen children, I would say, mm-hmm. and they created like a family calling together. So that was really beautiful to see how it can apply sure. very much how we have applied it here to our family. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it really comes from a self-inquiry excitement to seek more and have more awareness about self place first. And that Mm -hmm. very much includes self acceptance and self love. Mm -hmm. So it all comes back to me for me to this, like creating an unconditionally loved place for yourself. And then when you start doing that for yourself, let's say a partner is not on that same path, like, and not as interested in it, it doesn't really matter. If one of you is doing it and allowing the other to be who they are, but there's this influence of this focus on love and acceptance and self, it shifts. It's like this power of example piece that comes very much from the silver world of, okay, if I just show up every day and I do my best, not always perfect by any means, mm. to be loving and accepting and to know when to quickly say I'm sorry, to make amends, to then work on a calling for myself, like, mm. oh, I think this is my approach in life. Like right now, my calling is people experiencing their infinite selves. Mm. So if I can show up every day from that place, and not, and not I don't every day. <laughs> there are days where I'm not feeling super infinite or I just can't access it in my relationship with others. But if multiple days a week I can come back to that, well, then something really magical is happening. It's a much more aligned life. And then you start to align your life to it from more practical places, right? So you can make lists a little bit and see like, okay, well, this isn't really in alignment. This I could probably prioritize a bit more. This doesn't even exist and we could create it. Mm -hmm. What if it is about moving? What if it is about a different job for somebody? What if it is about schooling? And right now that is such a like, you know, the cauldron of education has been stirred.
0: I'm sure we're going to get into the quarantine, like how... This has helped with your business in Zoom. Yeah. How many people have probably reached out because yeah. people needed a lot of tools to reset and get through all of these emotions, but continue.
1: <laughs> well, and that speaks to the systems and structures piece, which we can talk about, right? But when when we're in a period like this, which is an actually an incredible gift, even though I know it's creating so mm-hmm. much, you know, fear and hardship and catalyst. But through that fear and hardship and catalyst is self-inquiry is, are these systems and structures working for me either on a personal level or on a like community being a citizen level? Like, how how could I maybe get more involved? Or how could I look at this differently? Or maybe Mm -hmm. I would vote for somebody different, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's creating this new lens through which to look at things. And so, yeah, how does education work in our family? And if, if you have multiple kids, it might be a different approach for different kids. And so when we AJ is just this really, he's very intrinsically motivated. He's really true to himself. Like he, on many levels, like knows who he is and will communicate to you in various different ways what he wants. Mm -hmm. And like, it's pretty clear. There's not a lot of like, yeah, sure, I'll do whatever you want. (laughs) So working with that, we tried different schools. We tried different um, like supports and different things. And when we had the opportunity to move to Virginia, there was online public school that had been in place for like seven years already Even before you're saying this was yeah we've been doing school from home for three years
0: wow okay Mm -hmm. yes nice
1: and so and it was available and it's free and they send you all the materials you get a whole curriculum all the boxes you have teachers you have video classes you have counselors you have all the things
0: wow
1: awesome principal who we do zoom Mm check-ins with from time to time just to see how she's doing yeah and you you, so you create your own community. It looks a little bit different and there's definitely like outside activities that we could do before COVID that we're like adapting in other ways right now, but that was just what was right for our son. And that's certainly not right for everybody. Some kids really need that in-person group dynamic, 100%. So I always try to sneak that in and say like, what we've done is certainly not right for everybody, but what I ask, what, where we found the most relief in sort of designing this radically loved life was each of us looking at what would create the most freedom, Mm -hmm. the most expansion, Mm -hmm. what would allow us the least amount of stress related to external systems and structures feeling like they were running the show. And we were having to adhere to them. And then in adhering to them, how much stress would that create in our lives? And when we realized huge, right? So I did that with my own full-time job, let go of that. Mm-hmm. My husband has very, been very independent his whole life right. as well. So. And I wanted to talk about your spouse just for a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah. How was he jumping on? Obviously, you couldn't do this if you didn't have a supportive partner, right? You already said he was like, look, we'll make it work for sure. But I think the key there is if you're trying to better yourself or whatever you're aligning with yourself, right? Um, yep. That you use intri- intrinsically um, of having that with yourself. Was he on board immediately, getting on that, or was it when you started? And then, like, how was that like? Because I think it's important to say because he is your partner.
1: He yes, no, partner. huge. Yeah. I, I owe him so much in this process in terms of like our his support of me, and so that helps because then of course I want to equally support him. For Sure. He's- just a super independent spirit. So he's had his own business for quite a long time. He's a fitness consultant and personal trainer. And he was then more of the caregiver for our son when I was working full time. Mm. So he would do the pickups after school and would maybe see a client either early morning when I would do drop off or on the weekends. So So Mm -hmm. we made it work, but he was definitely much more contracted professionally during that time and feeling it. So when I was like, I could quit my job and maybe do something more flexible, and that would give you more hours to actually focus on your profession and your client time. Oh, like that could be better for us. And as I went through, and he could feel that too, that there'd be more flexibility and freedom for all of us. That I think was a, you know, like where we met for sure on that. Mm -hmm. And then as I started to go through this journey of having my own business and being more free from these constructs that I thought were like necessary or that I needed to like be beholden to, I started to speak more of his language. Mm. And I would say things like, oh, you were right like, wait, I was wrong. Oh my God. I thought I was right. All that's like, that was the way to do it. And why didn't you do it more this way? No. Oh my, like I started to speak his language and we would have these like moments of like chuckling at each other. and be like, Oh my God, I totally understand. (laughs) Right. Like, Oh my God, I understand what you've been saying this whole time and I get it and it feels better this way. What did that do
0: for your relationship? I'm sure. What was that
1: like? I would say it's definitely brought us closer together. And I mean, we're super close as a family because we're here all together. I mean, I think everybody's feeling real close as families right now if you're all home together a lot more. But for the last three years, it's been a a very, I would call it like choreography. Like, oh, what's happening for one of us? Okay, what's happening for the other's business and the other, okay. It like weaves. I know, I wish people could see me. I know. (laughs) Hand gestures, I'm like dancing. Uh Um, But it like weaves together rather than again that like compartmentalize like oh we've got to get to here and then we've got to get there and then you're like who are we mm-hmm. so that has very much been i would say to answer both of the questions like how this has been designed sure. it's been designed based on all of our intrinsic excitements instincts like what we desire being more met and yeah. when you do that as a family there's way more relief like if it feels like there's a relief it's right if it feels like it's a struggle there's probably something that could shift
0: so true because it shouldn't be if something that's right then it shouldn't be a struggle and that's really in anything in life
1: it's like law of nature stuff like if if, if something is in alignment and you're moving toward it in like an aligned vibrational oh. state then you get that sense of ease and relief and when you don't it's definitely something to look at like well, what's interesting am I I hanging think- on to this
0: for <laughs> sure and I think it's something probably another podcast topic but something to say is i think we have also been conditioned that if you don't if you're not working 100 hours if you're not going through bumps then you know you have to come out stronger or if you're not going through things in your relationship are you the ride or die you have to be there like like almost um embracing the struggles which yes obviously life is this and you need to embrace it but you know what i mean like we've been conditioned to think if it's not difficult and you're not whatever then it's too easy and you can't, you know what I mean? Like,
1: oh, totally. There's know I'm not
0: expressing it properly, but it's like, yeah, we've been conditioned to think it has to be, you have to work a hundred hours. You, you, you know, you're supposed to be hustling all the time. You're not supposed to be sleeping. And I'll just say this quickly, obviously I have a full-time job. I have a day job. I, I have my thing with, I'm trying to do with Mama's Know Best and bringing women on to talk about things that I feel like we don't talk about. But there are times I'm just emotionally and mentally just drained and I'm like, no, I need to go. I need to go. And then I'll have to stop myself. And I'm like, what That's am right. I doing? Like, yes, I know I'm trying to build something, but I also need <laughs> a break. That's so right. That condition part coming in saying, go, 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 go. How are you building something if you're going to take breaks? And it's like, no. So it's, it's, so going back to that, it's like, yes, we've been conditioned to think if it's not rough and if it's not hard, then, you know, you're, it's not whatever that word is that I'm missing, but go ahead. I'm sure you can say it much better than I can.
1: (laughs) Right, well, yeah, that it's like somehow not worthwhile or we're not actually succeeding, right? I mean, the main phrase that comes to mind that's really heavily embedded in the collective consciousness is, at least especially from like a US perspective, is no pain, no gain. Yes, yes, exactly. What? What? Okay, I get, again, and to your beautiful, honoring of past generations like we can only be where we are because of what past generations have gone through in terms of the collective consciousness continuing to evolve but we are evolving to a place where that pain isn't leading to really clear gain and a lot of people aren't feeling fulfilled seen uh taken care of from let's say just a community perspective from systems and structures that we have all created we're we're all creating this stuff that we're experiencing right now, viruses included. So if that's the case, then I guess it's time to look at some stuff, right? And that's coming up really clearly in the collective right now. And there has been, there's been an acceptance, I think, out of like the industrial age and out of like factory and manufacturing yeah. and like assembly line, like, and then profits. And then what we were talking about, about corporations, you put all of that together and you end up with this, like, really intense like hijacking of the mind Mm -hmm. that tells you like a you're never enough Mm -hmm. it it creates a really interesting dynamic with time Mm -hmm. urgency that there's never enough time and that um yeah you have to like hustle and grind and work hard and be exhausted for anything to be like worthwhile or worthy Mm -hmm. couldn't be further from the truth Mm -hmm. i work and i'm putting air quotes up for those who can't see um two to three days a week mm-hmm. our life from a like to- total creative living perspective like the the quality of life we have is much more abundant and open and free than it was within like some of the confines of living in new york city and certainly of working a full-time job
0: yeah
1: same with my husband so when he works together two to three days a week we spend those other days that we're not focused on our businesses on being the learning coach for our son and leading his schooling and then we're doing other things. We've got chickens and a garden and a boat, and you know we're kind of out in the world doing other things. To sustain and so your life. To sustain your life. There's so much more breath in it. It's not. And and so some people's experience of that could be like, oh right, it, I'm not as successful because I'm not working as many hours. If you looked at it from that perspective. <laughs> but it, no, actually, and like from a financial abundance perspective, relatively, I'm making the same amount of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing that's like, oh, wait, it, the, the total value has increased exponentially. But if we're only looking at salary or only looking at income or only looking at that number to define our worth, well, then hustle culture becomes very appealing because mm-hmm. it seems like that kind of energy will get you to have more of those numbers in your bank account. Mm-hmm. so it's not true i found the opposite to be true which is why when you had said you know your point before i was like oh god that's
0: so true because you know that no pain no gain is like so far from the truth but we've been conditioned to think if we're not you know, and then goodness, if we went into social media, that's a whole nother thing of, of that whole keeping up with the Jones, you know, um, oh, but absolutely. let's go into the the um, topic here, approaching food, family and schooling from a radically loved place. So tell me the food aspect, because we spoke about love, family, and obviously with the schooling. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we didn't go too much into schooling. So let's make this two parts speak okay. of how you've approached food and then how has the schooling been with the few years, since it's been with the last few years, obviously your husband and, and yourself have had time, but
1: what, mm-hmm. that, what that has looked like, your sure. structure, your schedule, what is that like? Sure. So on the food front, the biggest shift for me in the last three years, and I'd come from a history of that kind of physical body related profession, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trickiness with food, you know, so as a dancer, you're just, constantly looking at your body all day, right? So I I had gone through a period of exercise bulimia. I had gone through a period of massive restriction at the end of my dance career. So I'd experienced a very unhealthy relationships with food. And then slowly over time that like calmed down and I no longer was obsessing about food or my body and things like that. But I still was judgmental about, my, about it. Or I would try different, like, oh, I'd try the whole 30 or I'd try paleo. Or, you know, I was like, oh, what would these do to my body? I did an elimination diet that was really helpful after some stuff that was happening mm-hmm. with my body after childbirth mm-hmm. and saw what really worked for my body and not. That felt the most, like, real because I was not doing somebody else's plan. I was just seeing what felt good in my body and not and then adjusting and sticking with that because I felt better. And this comes from sobriety too. Once you mm-hmm. give up something in your life that you felt you couldn't and you realize you can live without it, you can apply this to so many other things much sure. more easily. Because so you're like, oh, actually I've done that. I can do that again. We yeah. <laughs> did some of that with food, but in the last three years, there was this total shift toward intuitive eating mm-hmm. and in following my intuition, like I have with all these other things in my life, what feels best? and not from a place of what would numb me out the best <laughs> or what would like soothe though sometimes i will from a very honest place choose a food that's about soothing and it's about comfort totally but it's from a place of awareness mm. rather than like why did i just eat that i didn't want to it's like oh no i'm choosing to because i'm going to love this sensation and it's going to feel great and i'm going to give it to myself so that's how i've approached eating I eat differently than my husband and my son. We all three eat differently. Okay, so you don't <laughs> so I'm more there. plant-based. I'm kind of vegan. I went vegan three years ago. I eat, we have chickens, so I eat their eggs. I like cooking with butter and using butter in certain ways. So I do use that and I eat honey and things like that. So I'm not like a staunch vegan. Yeah. Um, so I try to eat more whole food plant-based yeah. items in my life. My husband is a total omnivore, he eats everything. So he'll make his own meat. He'll, you know, like he'll make me vegan meals cause he loves to cook as a base. And then he'll have his own separate adding meat in. Mm-hmm. And then our son, he's really like, he's got his own palate. He likes his own textures. He's got like certain sensory relationships to foods and things that like are really satisfying for him. Mm-hmm. So we'll usually like edit the theme of the meal. So like there'll be a base. It's usually vegan and i'll eat that part my husband will add the meat and then for our son it's either like a simplified version or whatever and that doesn't bother us like some people that really bothers having to kind of make different versions for people that's just kind of how we've always done it i think if anything that's almost ingenious
0: with it because saying we've we've said that we want to incorporate more whole food plant-based plant-based um, diet i tend to like my chicken and my turkey um, i don't cook pork and i don't cook any red meat um, or yeah. beef um, but I do occasionally want a turkey meatball or I do want, so that's my thing. Um, yep. where my husband could have a bowl of broccoli soup and be content, you know, like he's, he's more, he actually would go more vegan. If we could, he'll have the vegan cheese where I need my Parmesan. I'm half Italian. So like, and I, it, <laughs> of course, it's just which what works for us, but I've made a more conscious effort to have more whole foods, to have more plant-based. So I, yep. I like what you said. It's like, you're not complicating. You have your, your, your thing that you're maybe, um, Your foundation for it. So maybe sometimes I'll do a quinoa with spinach or a a vegetable there. So it's a healthier grain with a vegetable and then maybe I'll have um, Fish or maybe I'll have meat. my husband will eat either or But I try not to cook as much meat in the house and that's what works for us. But I think the way you're describing it is perfect. You're getting a little bit of what you want. And it's a full meal. It's a full, full balanced meal, which is what they say we should be eating.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what we're, we're trying to, I think also, at least for me personally with our son to really have him follow his intuition, his instincts with food and not like certainly not have to clean your whole plate. And like, if you're full, you're full, great. You're done. Um, if you're not ask more, you know, for what you need or what you want and like, listen to your body and hear that. So we have conversations about that often right now of just about like, check in with yourself. Are you really still hungry? Oh, no, I'm actually not. (laughs) I just wanted more, you know, whatever it is. So we'll have those kind of conversations around following intuition. Yeah. And it's really, you know, again, it's not perfect. It's, you know, we live a day at a time. And in this time, it's been interesting. We cooked a lot the first few months of, you know, sort of more quarantining and being at home. And we all kind of got sick of that. So now we're going through a phase of like, what kind of takeout. Oh, this is the other thing I'll say. We pick a theme. So whether it's like, we feel like Mexican tonight or we feel like Japanese tonight, or we feel like, um, uh, my husband does all these amazing, like lentil soups and Mm -hmm. like, and so then a component of that, right? Like I'll eat one piece and then my husband will eat that plus his meat. And then my son will have like the rice and the vegetable separate Mm -hmm. and, you know, a piece of fruit or something. And that's kind of how we deconstruct it. So like Mexican Mm -hmm. would be like, I'll have veggie tacos, my husband will have some sort of meat taco, my son will have avocado and rice tacos, you know, and that's kind of how we make it work for all of us.
0: No, I love it. Um, So going to with school, how have you um, what has school look like? the past. First of all, I think what Virginia is doing, I think that's amazing. And it's crazy. Multiple states have it. It's right. not and I was just, like, just going to say that, like, I never even heard of such a thing.
1: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So it's interesting. It's to try to keep this all as neutral as possible. Yeah. Right. Cause I could, I could get into some political <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah. It's so the like corporate program behind it all is a company called K-12. Yeah. And they're, I think they had an affiliation at some point. I don't know if they do now with Pearson, which is the big textbook mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. corporation. Okay, mm-hmm. Connected to like certain people in government. And I wasn't necessarily up for that part. I was like, huh, what's this going to be like? What's this curriculum going to be like? But in following my intuition and my highest excitement, I'm not necessarily super excited about creating my own homeschool curriculum.
0: Mm-hmm. And I had
1: to reckon with that because we knew home learning at home would probably be best for our son. We could just feel that for multiple yeah. reasons. He has freedom. He takes all the breaks he wants. He can be like laying on the floor, eating a rice cake, doing spelling. Like mm-hmm. you can just allow all this freedom of expression. And we knew that that would be best from a like Perfect. self-development perspective so that he was no longer feeling confined by systems and structures that didn't work for him. That then those systems and structures would label as whatever well, negative thing mm-hmm. they could because Because an individual is just not fitting into that system and structure. It has nothing to do with the actual truth of that individual, which is a fascinating thing to look at when you look at a whole nother (laughs) education. Yeah. So And I was like, oh, I I don't know. My highest excitement is my clients and my business. And yes, being a mother to this child and guiding his education, but actually like the creative time to figure out the curriculum and which homeschooling approach would we use, et cetera. I just wasn't there at the time. I think I'm getting there a bit more now, but okay, look, this online program through this like larger national system is implemented in Virginia. I want to say it's like 12 to 15 other states also have – a version of this some of them are private and paid some are free and public free and public here okay amazing we sign up we go through the whole application process you learn a lot in that whole process the materials showed up and i was like for third grade they were not bad i love the world history curriculum math and language arts were really straightforward learning all the basics that's all. I was like, fine. We're just continuing to move things forward from a like, learn the basics perspective. And then we can pepper in. He loves coding. He loves video games. He loves creating with characters and acting. And so he goes to acting after school a couple of days a week. He goes to coding one or two days a week. Like, oh, we can put you know, these things in. time fit in
0: things that he, to, that he is attracted to that piques his interest, which I think is so good the questionable age. You don't want to not read your children. Cause I think that's when they can get into trouble. That's when they veer off into unknown, you know, in, and what I've seen with my friends and things growing up, things that can, or I guess, like I said, cause trouble.
1: Well, absolutely. If you don't feel like you can fully express yourself and who you are in your home environment, you're going to go find a group of people or a place to find that right. ease to find where you're feel accepted or what feels more in alignment for you. Sure. Yeah. And so that can look, you know, whole and host anything, of different correct. ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's been, I think our main focus to both my husband and I as parents is just like following his lead to the best of our ability, obviously creating guardrails, obviously teaching things like uh, being thoughtful and respectful. And like, mm-hmm. even if you're really frustrated about something and you don't want to do it, try to communicate it if you can verbally before just like walking away, you know, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things that come with maturity and come with being able to self-regulate a bit more. And for some kids that comes earlier and for some kids that comes later, but like not labeling and judging that stuff. Mm -hmm. Again, we're not perfect at any of this, but there, you know, it's great when our son can have a moment and being like, I really don't want to do this right now. Can we do this after the other thing? Oh, sure. Let's like reorder what we're going to do today. So for whatever reason, it feels just more aligned for you. And it's he's also, thriving
0: more. He's thriving more.
1: He's thriving more academically for sure. And for the last two years before this year, you know, we had all these social <laughs> things in place. And so he, and he would see neighborhood friends and some other friends. So all of that was great this year though. And I think it's ex- everybody's experiencing. It is just way more challenging from a socializing perspective. Mm-hmm. He's an only kid. Yeah. We're home a lot here to yeah. together, the three of us. <laughs> and he's, you know, if a play date needs to get rescheduled, we've got a few people we've kind of like quarantined in the same way. So then we've been the friends we see in person. You know, some of those are needing to be rescheduled and then that's really disappointing. So mm-hmm. that piece in this time is a little bit different, but when we're not, you know, dealing with a global pandemic, I just want to reiterate for anybody considering maybe continuing on either with remote Mm-hmm. education in some way or virtual or home that if it's really working for your child academically because they can either focus more or they're just whatever the situations with a brick and mortar school are no longer an issue like for many people to surprise you're like whoa all that stuff's gone mm-hmm. and this is working for my child again it doesn't work for everybody right. but then you can just yeah. work with and figure out the social piece uh-huh. and if a child is interacting with teachers online other kids online and you at home and either siblings or family or whatever, and other friends, that's a lot of socialization. And that's a stigma with doing school from home that I think is unfortunate. That somehow if you're not in a school, in a classroom with 25 or 30 other kids, you're somehow not being socialized. Actually the socialization that's happening in those types of environments, sometimes is not the kind of socialization you actually want. (laughs) Correct. So I think it's all open to interpretation. Right. There's no one right or wrong way, but schooling remotely or schooling from home is not detrimental. No, but it's awesome I mean, for I people where we're. Which is why when you said
0: it's been three years and it clicked, and I was like, oh, well, then you need to speak on that because it's not like you. You know, this is this is something that has been going on in other states that has obviously been working. Um, I think no. again. Oh, the masses and you know what society of being in school we think of only one way which is why these that's conversations right. are so great because it allows us to see no there are other ways and again you might not agree with it you might not fit you but there are other ways
1: and that I think for the headline for this whole conversation about sort of designing a radically loved life as a mother as parents and mm-hmm. a family whatever that might be that's the headline there are infinite other ways And if you feel like you're coming up against something with your family, yourself, that feels Mm -hmm. like sticky and out of alignment, then it means there's another way. And that other way is probably not too far off from like your imagination, ability to make it happen. It's usually like right in our peripheral vision. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, we've just been afraid to try it. And so that's how I've found we've created more of a radically loved life is like, oh, this is showing up now. Do we want to lean into that? Do we I hate that phrase, but do we want to like actually move forward toward that? Or do we want to like, nope, that's not right for us. We're gonna let that go. Mm -hmm. And in every moment, allowing yourself the freedom to do that rather than trying to create fixed dynamics that you think should just stay because that will make you safe, Mm -hmm. that's usually when a lot of the like frustration emerges. Anxiety. Anxiety, stress, fear yeah i love that and i love to end that part on
0: it because now i like to get into my like quick get to know okay Um, because you know benita you are a mom you are a wife um you are a business owner and you give so much of being based in essence a life coach you know uh, because you said you started with corporations now you have family there's so many different aspects with it which i love because i think it is all related we're at work for the people that do work you know eight ten hours a day sometimes more um And then we have to run home and connect with our family. So it's all about connections on so many different levels. Um, So let's get into some fun stuff. And then I always like to end this with, you know, if there's any final words that you have or anything you want to clear up or anything. But um, what's your favorite movie? Or I guess I'll paraphrase this, because when I've asked this before, people are like, I don't have time to watch movies. I don't know. but Or a movie you just never get tired of watching or a classic, any movie you want to bring out
1: there. Well, so funny. I love this question specifically because i just watched something in the last week that blew my mind that i was like oh i want to tell everybody about this so there's a new documentary film on netflix called my octopus teacher i heard
0: it's amazing
1: everybody needs to see this film okay it and in terms of everything we've been speaking about on this episode from connecting to the truth of self, like, oh, something's out of alignment in my life and I need to change. And then like, oh, how do I want to spend my day? Okay. I'm going to go explore this way to then engaging with this beautiful, like natural environment to then creating a relationship with an octopus, with this animal being, and then how that affects like the healing of an, an individual. And then there's also a parent-child relationship oh, aspect awesome. to it as well. Yeah. It And the filmography the videography it's beautiful it's poignant it's it's like you learn so much and are so beautifully entertained all at the same time I so love, that's my love, new favorite movie
0: <laughs> i love movies because um, i'm a movie buff and I, I love them all but i love the ones that really make me think right that there's this a message and I, I love it a friend of mine actually just posted it the other day she's like oh my gosh if you haven't seen it get the tissues ready she's like it's such that's a right movie. okay nice and I love a good cry so I'm I'm all prepared. yeah there's a lot of release in the film it's beautiful nice um favorite or your most inspirational book that you've read or maybe one that you again want to put mm-hmm. to the podcast where that you'd like to recommend
1: I usually go back to this one when I get that question because it was so pivotal for me and I find it's a very accessible book for people in like kind of the spirituality realm or like Mm -hmm. self-realization, like truly understanding like the infinite nature of self is the book Be Here Now by Ram Dass.
0: Okay.
1: He's an incredible spiritual teacher. And the first part of the book talks about his story from being very like he was a PhD professor. Um, very Western driven mm. individual to his spirit through and to his like spiritual awakening and then kind of how his life shifted from there. And so that part is very um, accessible, I think, for many to kind of see that journey. Mm-hmm. And then the whole other part of the book are these beautiful illustrations of very simple, easy to get sayings, really, and like messages about the truth of yourself. So it's a bit of a spiritual guide, but there's also a great story.
0: Nice. Um, what has motherhood
1: taught you? Mm. To be true to self, mm. to be true to yourself and allow your child to be true to them. Yeah, so themselves. so Like just in mm. the minute we're not being true to ourselves, we're suffering. We're probably telling ourselves something that's not true. And then we can easily apply that to our children. So that's like whatever it takes to understand more about yourself and be true to yourself, get the help you need, the support you need, and then be able to apply that. To your child, you yeah, no, and I think that's so
0: important. I think I still struggle with that. I mean, a lot of these things I'm consciously aware of, but again, on a day-to-day basis, and you know, it's progress, not perfection. And you, you that's try. Right. Um, you know, my little guy, he'll be three, and you know, I try and be aware of maybe I want to not do something or I want things in this way, and I'll try to consciously stop myself because I'm like, this has nothing to do with me. It's all, all right. about him. And like we stated earlier in our conversation you know it's trying to not have the generational and i, I forget the word that we had used but not the ger- generational curses but basically the things that we've been taught of kind of like trying to the find conditioning way. say that again the conditioning conditioning, yeah of conditioning of having him well, no it's this way and it's like no what am i doing so i struggle with that still again i'm i'm it takes you time know, you of finding grace with it Um, because I want him. I mean, of course, that's how that is in essence what happiness is, right? It's being true to yourself and whatever that looks like to you. And I really want him in the core of myself to have that. But again, in the thing of life, and I think it's so important for moms to hear this because you're not alone. If you feel that way, like give yourself grace, but also try and stop and pause, which is where the breathing. I'm sure meditation comes in of being realigned to say, I know I want this this way. I know we're on a time schedule, right? That
1: time. I just wanted to quickly pop in and say, we hadn't talked much about time, but time is the number one construct construct that messes with people.
0: Mm-hmm. Either
1: time in the moment of getting from point A to That's point B, like, guess what? You can literally be late and you yeah. can say, or, oh, we're just not even going to go to this thing. <laughs> we're going to pivot in the moment or in the longer term, where there might be like longer term goals or wanting something for yourself or others in your family. Yeah. None of it is real we apply human beings apply meaning to time that things should happen in a certain amount of time you can pivot and shift away from time at any moment
0: i'm like the number one that's probably if there's anything that i get more that triggers me i guess we'll use that word because i know triggering yeah, is that's a, a great thing, word um mm-hmm. that triggers me um that um yeah, gets me really frustrated is time. And I, again, of me working on that, being trying, being aware of that because I will have to stop. And I'm like, why did I get so angry? Like really, what was the point? I want to be on time. I want to be this. I I have to do this. I have this. And
1: yeah. A great question to ask when that comes up is who is saying this? Hmm. Who in my head is saying, or has this belief about time? Like who, what part of me is saying to me, I have have to, should anything that comes from that place is usually has been projected onto us by someone else or a system and structure. That's not 100%. ours percent.
0: No, hundred percent. And it's crazy that we didn't go into time. And again, that could be a whole nother thing, but I think it is <laughs> that is what, look, during the quarantine time has slowed down and I've, I'm so thankful for it. Um, so time, time really is our most precious, precious gift. So a couple more, um, piece of advice or wisdom you hope your son will follow that you hope he will always take with him that's the most important for you?
1: I think it's the same uh, as the answer to the other question, the follow your truth. You know, no matter what that looks like, if other people don't understand, if, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know what his future will look like at all. And I, I don't think I have to too actively not project something onto it, but I will have moments certainly where I'm like, oh, I see he's good at this. Maybe he'll be that. And like, Like, wait, he's 10, why am I projecting? You know, because obviously you want to feel, your brain wants to feel some sort of safety and security around like maybe who they'll be and what they'll do so they'll be okay. So it's really for him to continue to follow his truths and his highest excitements, like no matter what anybody else says, including us. Definitely.
0: percent. Um, okay. Any final thoughts to the podcast world, to my followers, to me, anything you want to release and, and put out there to the world?
1: Oh, this has just been such a lovely conversation. I think we've covered so much. Yeah. Um, and the, the main theme theme that keeps coming through is find that space or allow yourself or give yourself. Cause it really is ultimately a gift, the space to, to connect with yourself a bit more. Whatever that is, like taking a walk, getting some help, whether it's with a therapist or a coach or whatever, you know, like whatever's calling to you to be like, oh, I think I kind of like want to reach out to that kind of person. Take that aligned action, um, meditate or move your body, like physical activity I find can be a really Mm -hmm. powerful form of meditation for people. Like whatever it is that like helps you continue to connect to self and ground and then listen to whatever the messages are that come from those moments and take those actions. That's like the three part most powerful piece to living a more loved life, a more aligned life is allow yourself space to actually listen to yourself and your higher self and the universe. Then like note what comes up as that happens, right? Like actually um, hold on to that awareness and then take that aligned action. action. And that is where the most magical, powerful stuff happens. Because how often do we like have a quiet moment and like an inspiration comes in and then we're just like, eh, yeah, no. Oh, that'd be hard. Oh, that'd be scary. You know, I'm not going to do that. Or I want to do it, but you just don't do it. And that is where the action, that's where the magic happens is in that action. It's like taking it and then you go do it and you're like, oh, my God, this amazing thing happened from that.
0: Like Nike says, just do it. I know we just don't want do to it whatever, it. it's <laughs> such a... It's so true. I had put that on my page the other day. It's like, sometimes you just have to do it and take the leap of faith and whatever that is to you through your fears and through your things. So Benita, thank you so much for coming on. I will obviously put a link to your website um, and any, you know, any way that you tell me that you want people to reach out to you, but this has been such a lovely conversation. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your truth and, you know, speaking, speaking to my listeners and to the podcast world.
1: Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the Mama's Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on the platform you're listening on. Tune in next time to hear another fierce mama share her story. Continued blessings to you all for love
1: and light.